Welcome to Brand Story Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Welcome to Brand Story Inc. Today our guest is Ben Grafjik, the Vice President of Business Development for Bitfire, a company that provides end-to-end live transmission and production services. Ben's going to explain much better than I can about how this all works, both in tech terms and in layman's terms. But I thought it'd be helpful for our audience, for our media publisher and brand content studio execs listening, to learn from Ben as his company fuels so much of what's happening, especially right now with live virtual remote production, an exploding field, obviously, in this pandemic. Ben, welcome to the show. Jerry, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. And um, I, I of the ilk that I have a face for radio. So this is a great opportunity for me to get out and, and show my stuff. Well, you know, I mean, at least in our own minds, we have these lunches or conversations. I figure why not record them and share them with other people? Maybe folks will get something out of it. So, uh, would love it. Would love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's see. Let's see. I hope I can, I hope I can, uh, do, do you proud and do you well always do. You, because, you always yeah. do. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Well, Ben, uh, you know, as established, I'm the non-tech savvy one representing legions of non-tech savvy folks. So let's start with the basics of what Bitfire does, who you do it for, and the origin story of your new company. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, at at its core, Bitfire Networks is to transmit as high-quality audio and video um, from point A to point B as humanly possible uh, over the public internet. Um, What does that mean? Uh, Lots of ways to skin it, right? Uh, You've got applications in the sports world, applications in the news world, applications in the educational space, uh, in the entertainment space. So... At the end of the day, getting high quality audio and video broadcast caliber stuff, you know, not the stuff that you're seeing on Zoom, the stuff that you would see over the air and on television, you know, over the most ubiquitous public utility that we have in, in the Internet is is our specialty. Um, you know, the Internet is still a wild, wild west place in that regard. Um, and think of Bitfire uh, as almost like your Wells Fargo uh, in that in that in that sense that we get you from A to B as fast as possible, as securely as possible. And at the highest uh, highest caliber that uh, that we can offer, um, we again we're really only three and a half four months into our existence. Um, the genesis of Bitfire actually came from the the onset of the pandemic. Um, it was an event I was actually working for with a a group out of New York, Engine Shop, um, one of their clients, MLS, was doing an EMLS event to take advantage of the fact that you know, a lot of these professional players. We're at home. Um, they wanted to promote, uh, you know, the FIFA game itself, and they wanted to engage, you know, the fans. And so they, they did this kind of this smattering of FIFA pros uh, joining up with an esports FIFA pro, uh, and it was basically an aggregate. The pros played the pros. Uh, you know, the, the the esports guys played the esports guys, and they advanced through this bracket as teams. So it was really really fun to mm. see. You know the professional player of Chikorito. Um, you know we had Chikorito playing um, mm-hmm. you know, with an individual in LA, and again to kind of see them align in a virtual world was really cool. And the ability to do that with, again, without much in terms of production infrastructure at both ends was really what made that uh, that experience unique. You know what we were ingesting feeds um, from the players, uh, the, the the professional players as well as the esports players as well as for real-time announcers, you know, all over uh, the country, you know, there the group uh, from Fox sports provided their announcers and they were calling these matches in real time. Um, production was all over the country. Uh, the show was actually cut in Phoenix. 
Hmm. It was a true distributed remote production. And seeing that in firsthand, uh, it was, it was kind of the, this is, this is the future. Uh, this is it in, in the flesh and, uh, we need to throw some gasoline on this and, and really get the fire going. Well, I, I think perfect segue there. Cause you and I have bonded over the years about disruption in our industry and, and well, hello, 2020. Uh, yes, sir. And, yes, sir. and, and we're going to dive into the desktop zoom world of virtual content, which you just touched on as kind of like the table stakes for what a lot of people have been doing on social. Um, and how quite candidly it's become completely acceptable for the most reputable linear networks to be airing during primetime content, right? Whether it's Seth Meyers mm-hmm. from his attic or, you know, uh, news broadcasters from their, from their living room, uh, mm-hmm. you know, help our listeners understand the transformation you've seen in remote production and how it applies to all of us in the content creation business. You just touched on like that MLS event, but maybe mm-hmm. raise it up a level or two from a more macro perspective of terms of how you've seen things evolve um, and, and how Bitfire, you guys get to see a lot of different networks and, you know, folks who were rolling out, you know, massive ENG trucks and the like, and now mm-hmm. we're having to rely on on companies like uh, a company like yours to kind of glue it together like you did. Walk us through what the transformation, what you're seeing. Absolutely. So lots of, lots of unpack there, but ideally, uh, you know, the, the, the pandemic hit everybody financially. Right. And so there's no way around that. Uh, when networks, um, were losing advertising dollars, they had to find a way to, to get individuals on air and you know, the most you know, widely acceptable video conferencing solutions, zoom teams, WebEx, you know, those were the first things that people turned to because this, this essentially happened almost overnight in our industry. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally was, yeah. This, quite quite literally stuff. overnight, yeah. Quite literally, it was overnight. I think it was March twelfth, yep. uh, you know, twenty nineteen. It's almost kind of seared in my brain as I remember yeah, that. And overnight, yeah. yeah, it was overnight. It was we need to get these guys on TV. So, you know, God bless the television engineers that are out there. I have the utmost respect for them because they were given an, an, a Herculean task with very little resources and are told to keep this engine running. And oh, by the way, keep adding on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, enter a group like Bitfire. At the end of the day, content is king. You know this, I'm sure all the listeners do, but high quality content is probably the most important thing. When you're utilizing a platform like Zoom, again, this is not to bash them, but the video conferencing tools, mm-hmm. uh, the video conferencing tools, you know, they're, they're, they're platform solutions, right? They're made for, for enterprise deployment. Mm-hmm. You lose a level of control when you want to create content that is unique to your brand. So evergreen content is something that obviously has a lot of value for all of these brands when you get a chance to do an interview with somebody do you really want to take the chance that you're going to have some compression issues you might have some latency issues because you're going to want to use that that interview content again to promote your brand Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day if you want to invest in the quality of your brand you're going to find solutions that again they, they cost money but they deliver a service that allows for you to, to really push your brand and associate with that quality. Because you know, when this initially happened, it was get these guys on the air, right? Get get that woman on the air, get that man on the air. Mm-hmm. Let's just do it. Now we've kind of come into this lull where it's okay, we've we've kind of gotten over the hump of you know, will people accept the fact that they'll do this remotely? We've done that, they're totally fine with that. Now I need to make this look like they are in a studio and I can't have people dropping out in the middle of the interviews because this the fact that i can get that admiral or that general to speak now is something that i I won't be able to do again so how do i get that moment capture it in the you know that lightning in a bottle to use 
not only in real time, but then again, for evergreen content. And we have found ourselves starting to get a lot more traction in that regard because you know, brands, companies, other groups realize that 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 is an investment worth making. So, so let me kind of take that a step further. You touched on this, right? Some you mentioned some people use the platform tools that like a Facebook or even a Zoom provide, and kind of you know you're at the mercy of being in those platforms and a whole host of challenges there. The next step up, you know, some of our companies you and I have talked about some third party, maybe more cost-effective solutions that have downsides like Wirecast, which enables you to go to multiple different, you know, platforms. And then you're talking about, um, you know, linear television network quality to, to the examples you just were talking about. Maybe provide, how do you guide, you know, some guiding principles on how content studio execs should should assess the remote production investments and kind of when when to go each level, when to be going at the level that a, a Bitfire um, would require as opposed to, when it's okay to kind of use some lower brow, you know, higher risk solutions, if you will. I totally understand. Look, there's, you know, nothing against uh, those other solutions. And there is a, a time and place and a budget for everything, right? Um, you know, and there's, and that's why there's allowing you know, multiple people to compete in this space. And even ourselves were fortunate to do so. Uh, what we really kind of, kind of two main concepts that I, you know, I like to promote or champion or, we are a, a television first group. So this is a transport network, a proprietary transport network that was built by broadcast engineers for mm -hmm. those in the broadcast space. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to trying to fit, you know, a, a square peg into a round hole, again, video conferencing solutions, we are the antithesis of that. I am not trying to get 200 people on a call and, and you do your, you know, your, your quarterly sales meeting. I want to get as high quality contribution as I can so that the overall production is as high quality as it possibly can be. So, you know, I'm the complete opposite. I'm all about quality and not about quantity. So mm -hmm. when you look at the fact that at our core, we are broadcast people, you know, our knock is staffed by broadcast engineers. We have software engineers who have worked in the broadcast space for many years. We understand what it is you're trying to do. You may not know exactly how to do it, but we know exactly what you need to do. You know, we were kind of born in the fires of live sports. It needs to be as fast as possible, as high quality as possible, and it needs to be cheap. Um, you know, because again, I, I, I will do a lot of content. So if you can kind of hit that, that uh, you know, that trifecta, um, you've got something unique. Now it's how do you take what you've done in the sports world, the sports production world, and apply it to other verticals that know they need a solution, mm -hmm. just don't know how to utilize it and what to do. And that allows a group like Bitfire to really promote the platform and the solutions that we provide. You know, we're not selling hardware, we're selling solutions. And that is, again, something that we look at as a massive differentiator because we are intimately involved in the production. Uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to work with the NHL, Major League Baseball Network and the NHL Network for the NHL draft uh, earlier this week. I mean, our guys were intimate parts of the production. Um, so you're not just getting a, you know, a call center so, that will tell you you're having issues. You got, we're involved. We're involved. So let's go there, right? So mm -hmm. you, just, you just did the – this is October of 2020 when we're taping this. Uh, you just were intimately involved in the, in the NHL draft. Let's use that as a lens for how you've seen live production change in the past six months. And then kind of moving forward, what's temporary in your opinion and what's here to stay? So let, let's break down <laughs> what you guys did for Great. the NHL draft. <clears throat> Yeah, that's that's great. So, look, the, the NHL came to us um, as 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 most leagues. Uh, Eric Eisenberg, Jake Soto, Bob Vincelli, Susan Stone, those guys took a chance on us. I mean, they, I think we I think we paid it off. But they came to us with 
look, we've seen the NFL draft, the MLB draft. We've, we've recognized that there are some technical challenges. We want to have our draft. We don't want to cancel our draft. You know, the, the unique thing about the NHL draft is, you know, the GMs or a, a GM designatee gets to announce, you know, the first overall pick. We don't want to lose that intimacy. So how can we, how can we essentially make this so that all 30 teams are involved and, um, uh, you know, and, uh, the potential 40 pro- top prospects are involved so that we could simulate this as if it's for a live draft. We can get instantaneous feedback, t- live talkbacks. And oh, by the way, we need to fill, uh, you know, we need to provide this content to NBCSM, you know, the North mm-hmm. American United States mm-hmm. uh, partner, uh, Rogers and TV off. Um, so we need to three, we need to feed three other networks on top of the world feed show that we're producing. So, you know, we had 76 feeds, 78 feeds going concurrently. Um, you know, essentially going from wow, seventy uh, feet. Good lord. Yes, it, yeah, it was it was a lot, and you know, at the same time, again, this is why I have to give the the MLB net guys the utmost credit for taking a chance on us. They're in the middle; they had three playoff series going on in the mm-hmm. middle of a draft, right? Mm-hmm. So, for them, there were only there's only a certain amount of pipe space in and out of the building, right? So mm-hmm. they they had to have some of it dedicated to baseball. So we need to offload this to another entity and. You know, they gave us a lot, which was which was great. And again, they took a, a, a big chance on us. And I, the guys absolutely delivered. It's just that's where we're kind of finding ourselves as a solutions provider going forward is there is overflow. There is need for this. And I need the ability to kind of throw this over the fence to somebody and know that will be done. Um, as it relates to the execution, um, in about less than a month, we had, I don't know, 36 to 40 servers provisioned sent to Secaucus in New Jersey at MLB NHL Nets headquarters to receive these feeds. Uh, servers went to all of the NHL teams uh, where their technical teams actually just plugged a camera, internet into our box, uh, handled some audio things, and you know, framed the shot in their war room or framed the shot in their locker room, wherever it may be. Some of the teams were pretty creative in putting you know, a, a camera switching element between that so they could use multiple cameras around uh, the facility, but you know, for the most part, it, it worked flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Bettman would get up and say, hey, uh, you know, uh, New Jersey, you're on the clock. And New Jersey GM is, is at the podium making the pick. And we would, we would cut instantly to um, you know, the prospect uh, coming in via Firebridge, our browser-based contribution system. And we got the, you know, the, the money shot, the reaction shot. You want to see the 17, 18, 19-year-old kid who became a millionaire overnight uh, you know, get picked up. And he's there with his family. And you know, you, you do that and you see the value in this and you see the the quality of the content that was generated with, you know, minimal capital outlay and minimal operational expense. Um, you know, obviously we didn't have cameras at all these prospects houses. Mm-hmm. Um, only two Americans were picked, you know, 20 Canadians, guys from mm-hmm. Germany, guys from Sweden, guys from Austria. You know, they were up till two, three in the morning, their time, you know, getting ready to do their interview with, with Rogers. So you mentioned, you mentioned 78 concurrent feeds and I'm just laughing, sitting here thinking about our weekly staff meeting at Teamworks and you know, how, how to get everyone on a, a WebEx or a Zoom or a Google Meet, depending on which, and just that alone being like, you know, the cliched of, of our pandemic. So that's making my, my, my head hurt. But I want to I want to <laughs> pull this out a bit fire for because pers- you have a unique perspective. Right. So, Thank you. you know, I think if you put yourself in our shoes, like the content studio exec shoes, as we're thinking about this, um, you just executed the NHL draft. You talked about MLS. What are some of the things that you're seeing 
uh, trends that you believe are here to stay in terms of virtual remote production? That's a that's a great question. So let me throw know, one out. Let me seen, throw one out there. Yeah, right? Like yeah. yes, so. You know, look, if you look at the history of evolution of media, right, like no secret newspapers have kind of gone the way of the dinosaur, right? The actual physical newspaper, they've turned into digital properties, right? I mean, there was a time 25 years ago where it would have been absolutely unheard of for a beat writer who covers whatever the PGA or college football to not go to the big event, right? That mm-hmm. started to change like 10 years ago because of economics. Same thing with like the concept of announcers not being at a game or, or you have to be there. You have to, well, during a pandemic, you don't, right? And so there's like these mm-hmm. remote, we saw forced remote, you know, broadcast teams not at the parks and things like that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always go down the road of, um, I'm a cynic. So I look through the eyes of a CFO or a cost cutter, mm-hmm. right? And and say, okay, it's pretty easy once people, the dollars start going down and, and the world doesn't end that the, you start getting into those in, in-house battles of like, well, why do we need this? Well, why do we need this? Mm-hmm. Prove to me why the value is there. So there's a couple examples that come to mind for me that those are sports, but just in general, I think what you're seeing in terms of like top tier virtual remote production I'm I'm really curious, like how it changes the concept of thinking about things like studios or, you know, mm-hmm. what what's what what's here to stay in your opinion? I so there are kind of a, a couple of terms that are thrown around the broadcast industry. And look, I, I'm fortunate to be part of a, a massive ocean of incredibly talented people. And I learn and listen all through them. Um, you know, I'm sure they're much smarter people that have a much better track record than I do as it relates to kind of predicting the future. But I am adamant that this this hybrid version of production is going to exist um, for. I, I think this is kind of the the um, the penultimate moment that says, "All right, industry, this is the shift that we're making." Because as I start to look at operational costs, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm I love my Delta Sky Miles, you know, I love my Marriott points, <laughs> but at the end of the day, the the, the flying 150 people to a football game for mm-hmm. two days of work, putting them up in hotels, mm-hmm. flying them in. And oh, by the way, again, I guess it's, you know, NFL right. or even it's even crazier for college because right. you're getting, you know, the, the five or six day picks and you're flying into places that aren't necessarily, you know, top 30 cities in the world in terms of, you know, availability. So the operational cost associated with that is, is massive. And mm-hmm. I'm sure anyone in the industry, sports, news, media, Again, if I've got to go pick up talent in the black car, I've got to put them up in a certain room yeah. at a certain facility. There's a cost associated with that. I'm I'm trying to attack that market because the quality that I can provide absolutely outweighs what you think it, the the loss of quality would be by mm-hmm. sending a person mm-hmm. on an airplane. Um, at the same time. I, I was at a, an event a couple of years ago, and when someone brought this down, there are over 20,000 live events in the sports world alone that go uncovered every year. Mm. Um, you know, a group like an ESPN3, um, you know, an ESPN Plus, you mm-hmm. know, like a DAZN, be in. If I can now ingest all of that content, I, I, that that drives value and drives eyeballs to my platform. Mm-hmm. So what is the lift to get that additional content on the air? Because I don't want to have to spend X millions of dollars to do an NFL game. If I can get away with X millions of dollars minus Y and can spread that to other things to get additional content on there. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I create more of this virtual real estate 
for these, you know, for advertisers and sponsors across a multitude of verticals. Um, and that is where I believe we have a, a unique offering and a unique value because the same kind of underlying core technology could be used to produce a high school basketball game as uh, could be used to fly a Skycam during an NFL game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the guys at Skycam were, you know, we were fortunate enough to, to work with them and try these things out. So the same underlying platform can be used on a broadcast linear, the highest quality show, you know, on the, you know, on the, the most viewed entity or the most viewed network. So to know that our platform can hit both sides of the continuum is, is reassuring. Um, obviously, you know, the competition is going to rise and markets are going to change. Um, but I feel very good where we are now and where we're going. So let's talk about best practices and case studies, which quite candidly mm -hmm. is why I even started this podcast as a very exhaustive, time-consuming way to get, to get at them. Um, mm -hmm. and, and bonus points, you know, you shared Bitfire. Like, I'm talking big picture. Your company's mm -hmm. been around for a few months. So even before Bitfire, you can go back to March. I'd love for you to share what are some of the things that you've seen, either best productions, new innovations, high level of engaged content that, that kind of fits within this uh, pandemic shift or penultimate moment that you've been re referring to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, everyone's got kind of their own home brew, right? And that's, mm -hmm. that's what also makes, you know, the sports technology world that much more exciting because you've got a, a bunch of computer engineers, broadcast engineers, and you throw them together and they make magic happen. And, you know, they're, they've got their own, you know, workflows that they like to adhere to because that's how they want to produce the show. You know, that's kind of the format that they're used to. I mean, networks all produce shows differently, even though, you know, maybe an NFL game, but, you know, all the NFL rights holders have a different way of producing and developing those storylines, you know, again, based on their talent, um, how they can articulate those storylines, how they can divine those storylines, how they can refute those storylines, uh, you know, again, in real time. So, you know, I think the ability to then showcase talent for these networks on the sports level or even at the news or media level more effectively um, at a higher rate not only gives you know a network the benefit of, of bringing a guy like a Tony Romo in for many tens of millions of dollars a year but how can I get Tony to also jump in on my PGA Tour golf stuff right how can CBS have him come in on a Saturday and, and join Faldo and Nance mm -hmm. um, you know for a two or three hour production um, mm -hmm. unfortunately we were able to do something like that with CBS where we sent uh, during the St. Jude Classic, we had some individuals that were at home who contributed to the St. Jude broadcast in real time, you know, over our platform with Faldo and Nance, and they got mm -hmm. to call golf in real time. So how do I do that cross-market cross, cross market mm -hmm. promotion mm -hmm. within my network without having to go through the airport, the black card, all that? I want to be able to send a link to that talent, say, click here. You've got a camera rig in your house. Get in front of the camera rig, put this in your ear, and... Look at your monitor and let's go. I want to get you on more than just Sunday. I want you to That's a great to point. my studio. There's yeah, all kinds of uh, studio, so. yep. all kinds of puns we can make about linear and nonlinear, both television and thinking here, right? Like, but I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's you know, I mean, that's it's such a good point, right? Using your Tony Romo example, the amount of money they've invested in him, and it's kind of like, and this is you know, I'm not discrediting any particular network. It's it's an entire industry think which has been oh, yeah. of okay, we've invested in Tony Romo. We're going to put him on the A game this week, the best NFL game. We'll fly him to that location. And he's, and he's just one of, you know, 15 games going on that weekend at the end of the day, to your point being mm -hmm. like, how do you integrate him across all of your investments? I mean, these are not, mm -hmm. these are billion dollar per entity or half a billion dollar 
per year entity uh, investments from these folks and you know how do you spread that talent across those investments it's a, it's a really interesting thought process there and you said you've Absolutely. you started you know i saw that st jude explain mm-hmm. explain a, a little bit more detail and we have a lot of non-sports listeners out there so keep that in mind but um explain mm-hmm. how you actually did that yeah so again i yeah, no, I, look, I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to know the guys at CBS for a long time. They're really good people. They've heard the craziest pitches imaginable in the world for me, and they've actually given me the chance to kind of put some thought behind it and execute it on site. Um, what makes St. Jude so unique, and I have, you know, Ken Agard is on our board, and, you know, the, the, the impact that St. Jude has had on his family personally also makes this event that much more special to CBS. Uh, Ken mm-hmm. was with CBS for a long, long time, done Super Bowls, Final Fours, I mean, Masters, the biggest things. And so uh, he had a personal uh, reason why this tournament was near and dear to his heart. Um, St. Jude, um, you know, obviously in Memphis, mm-hmm. the unique appeal of this event is a lot of the, you know, the, the patients um, will come and be part of the experience, right? They'll get to meet mm-hmm. Justin Thomas, they'll meet Tiger Woods, right? Those that are also golfers, get, you know, the double experience, right? You know, hey, let's go, you know, on the practice rounds, let's go walk the course with these guys, right? So that's really, really an intimate thing that shows, you know, the human side of these pros, because it's hard to see that when they're competing for many millions of dollars of, 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 of stuff. So, you know, for them, it's, it's imperative, um, you know, to, to really kind of showcase the unique side of the pro players. Obviously, um, there are no galleries in golf this year. So with with FedEx, it was how can we get um, some of these, you know, these these patients involved in the show while still maintaining the proper social distancing technique. So we sent a couple servers to CBS's truck in, in FedEx and in, uh, in Memphis and um, plugged in a couple things. And we identified some of the kids and said, hey, uh, you know, one of the individuals that we had a great time with was Dakota. Hey, Dakota. At this time, we're going to hop on and uh, we're going to interview you. You're going to tell you know, a little bit about your story and we're going to call some golf. And he, I think, called the Dottie Pepper and uh, and Faldo and and, uh, and Nance. And mm-hmm. yeah, got to call a couple of live shots in real time off of his laptop in his basement with an AirPod in his ear. That's so cool. Um, that's the barrier of entry. So again, if we can kind of get to that level with, you know, a, 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 an at-home, a non-industry individual – what can we do with those that are in the industry, mm-hmm. right? You know, how many more times could I put Dakota on air um, or how many more times could I put Tony Romo on air across other things? So, mm-hmm. you know, it really was Dakota at this time, click the link and somebody's going to be talking in your ear and uh, yeah. And off we went, we did it uh, four times a day, I think for Saturday and Sunday when, uh, when CBS was there. So mm-hmm. it was, it was fun. It was a really good, really good run of the, of the service. Yeah. St. Jude, I've had the, pleasure of actually it's an experience i've actually gone there and got a personal tour and uh, it's it's something a, a ray of light in life and, and and maybe a poor transition but I'm curious to see what are some of the ray of light innovations and production evolutions you've seen or are seeing that are coming that c-suite content studio executives should be paying attention to absolutely um it, it's it's at the end of the day, it's all about the size of the pipe, right? And connectivity is now going to be more imperative than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with 5G you know, on the horizon, you know, your ability to essentially be a high-quality broadcast hotspot can be done from your phone. You know, could I light up three or four high-quality cameras and transmit over my phone back to a CDN? 
that is a real thing that's being done now. The guys at Fox Sports and Intel are doing that, you know, for for golf coverage as opposed to run cables all over a golf course. How do I send somebody with a wireless camera and then send it right back to the production studio in New York without having to send a lot of people on site for that event? So, mm-hmm. you know, 5G is is absolutely has has uh, is going to have a massive impact on the sports world and I think just any on the live content creation world. Um, but again, at the end of the day, is how do we empower, how do we empower uh, content contributors, content creators in such a way that they create evergreen, lasting content that is associated with a brand, right? That's that is kind of you know the whole point of the social media influencer. But yeah. now the differentiator is going to be those that spend the time producing this correctly versus you know here's a selfie of me giving a twenty second shout out about an ad. Uh, I'm going to want more because now the market is going to get flooded with more of those influencers and those that have the higher quality productions are going to get more notices. Um, you know, it's, you as a matter of fact, you spark something and, and we talked about this off air a little bit a couple weeks ago. And that was, or mm-hmm. last week when we talked, let's talk OTT and connected TV, right? If you think about mm-hmm. brand content studios, um, you know, I, I told you it's one of the places our company has been getting inundated because certain things that we own have large volumes of, of content and there's an element of people just trying to fill OTT channels with mm-hmm. content right now, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, while we think our content is very high quality, there's an element of volume at play. As mm-hmm. as I still think we're at the, I mean, we are, not technically, we are literally at the nascent stage of OTT and connected mm-hmm. TV growth. As brand content studios kind of get more into the game and media publishers of, right, looking at OTT as um, as a platform, um, from a technological standpoint, what's your perspective of how they should be thinking about that? How to connect the pipes, the the strategy, your production workflow as you as you as we start planning longer term for, hey, it's not only now about creating content that's running on social. You need to have an OTT strategy that ladders up in either eventually either a network or a piece of somebody else's network, and 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 how to make that all kind of come together. What's your perspective on that? How should we be thinking yeah, about a, that? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, look, it, it's the streaming wars. Are, it's a massive virtual land grab, right? I'm trying to own my space in the cord cutting world, so. I'm Disney. I'm taking all of my mm-hmm. my assets off of other entities and putting them on my own. HBO Max, CBS, you know, right. Live or CBS Now, whatever. Right. Yeah, Peacock is coming on. I I need a place to show evergreen content because people want it when they want it, right? You know, certain things are really good at mm-hmm. evergreen. You know, Seinfeld, uh, mm-hmm. The Office, mm-hmm. um, you know, Cheers. You know, those are you know those are things that you could for odd infinite item. You'll have people that will watch. You know, live events usually don't have the best shelf life because right. once you know the score, um, you know, it's 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 kind of, you know, do mm-hmm. I need to sit and watch the entire event? Um, at the same time, there are those that want to watch that. Um, the barrier to entry now isn't I need to own a network and I need to broadcast out of New York because I can get satellite feeds <laughs> there. The barrier entry now is, you know, you can create your own CDN. There are multiple CDN providers out there. So as a control, as a brand ambassador or as a contributor i don't have to hope and pray that a network picks up my series i can put it out myself right. and i bet on myself and hope and pray that you know i make it you know again youtube facebook those are the most widely used cdns there really isn't any you know twitch there isn't really any limitations if you will as to how you can get content on there i mean outside of you know again maturity things but 
you as an entity, you know, you could create your own CDN and drive traffic to your own website for your own cause and your own brand. So why give your valuable assets up to another entity to then, you know, capitalize upon when you've done all of the work and you're going to basically, you know, make a, a kind of a, a small margin on, on the creation of that series, own it yourself, sell against it yourself, bet on yourself, right? And in, in the true entrepreneurial world that we're in now, you can, you can create brands with very little capital investment as long as you have an effective marketing strategy and can reach um, know your consumer in a fashion that is is easy, relatable, and inspires them to continue to follow you. So, you know, again, the creative folks will always have value. And I think the shift now um, has gone from kind of this operational mindset to a create creativity mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, content is always going to move the needle. I can get you on the air now. That the ability to get you on the air isn't as burdensome as it once was 10, 15, 20 years ago, even five years ago. Um, but I still need the people that are creative enough to come up with the content. And that is where I think you're going to see a lot of these OTT networks. You know, they've got some things on there that aren't really going to move the needle. But once they start to realize that they can bring the bottom up to mm-hmm. increase the value of the production, now I've got all of these assets on my platform and the quality is, is consistent across the board. And that's a Herculean task. You don't do it overnight, but as technological advancements start to make such a roll into the marketplace, um, I, I believe that you'll start to see a lot of people own and control their brands and their assets uh, more fiercely than before. Very cool. All right, so home stretch here for you. Uh, yes, obviously, sir. a guy who stays on top of all sorts of trends, uh, particularly from you know the underpinnings of the tech side of the world. What is, what's in your? We call it morning musts. Give us the skinny in newsletters you follow, social media follows, other sources of intel you recommend to stay on top of your game. Uh, look in the sports industry, uh, SBJ obviously is the Bible. I mean, if you're from from marketing uh, leagues, broadcasters, I mean, it, it's got everything. Um, uh, in my world, I'm an avid SVG sports video group um, is is absolutely my go-to Bible. Uh, there's a podcast, Clean Freaks, run by Mike Davis, uh, who is one of the SCPs over at Fox Sports. It's it's it is the who's who of the industry. I mean, it's the heads from every network, and they're all talking about how you know the pandemic has impacted their life. And you have mm-hmm. the podcast or it's a Zoom meeting, Clean Freaks, and how the, each network is handling it across the world. Right here, are the standards in England. Here are the standards in India. Here are the standards in Australia. These are these are the things that we're up against. Let's share ideas because mm-hmm. we're all in this together. Right at the end of the day, we don't want the market to tank because. We can't come up with you know with solutions for this. So, SVG is an absolute must for me. I mean, it's it's the um, it is uh, it is it is the bible for me as it relates to, to video and, and sports. Um, TV news check is something I read a lot too. Again, it gives me perspective outside of the the, the sports world. It gives me more of the news and entertainment side. Um, and honestly, like the Wall Street Journal, New York Times. I mm-hmm. mean, because at the end of the day. It's it's incumbent upon a sports or not a, a business development entity to be able to connect dots, right? Mm-hmm. So when I'm reading things, it's almost like how can I get involved? And for a period of time, I you know, listen to I have an old Toyota. I don't have a fancy car, and I really only get NPR in my radio. Mm-hmm. And so I've literally I've listened to this the same story told about six or seven times on NPR about how legal systems are basically evicting people because they. The, you know, the defendant can't log into the Zoom meeting mm. for the hearing. Mm. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, now 
now here's an application for us is how do I then white label this to a court or a district court world mm -hmm. so that they have their own platform to do this so that we keep individuals from getting evicted on account of the fact they can't connect to a Zoom call, right? Mm -hmm. Like how do we how do we connect those dots? And so yeah. kind of you know reading about trends in the world and humanity it really allows for me to kind of think, hmm, now, how can I attack this from a virtual surgery perspective? How can I do some virtual legal proceedings? You know, right now education, in Congress, man, connectivity. Education. T-Mobile's yeah, running spots right now addressing this. Like I saw, fifty million kids are currently learning remotely, and I'm I'm afraid to know how many of them, their experiences because of the connectivity are just train wrecks. You know, get it. And that's where engagement is going to come from a production, right? You know, you're going to struggle mm -hmm. when kids are looking at a Zoom screen. Mm -hmm. um, they're pretty entertained when they watch a show that's produced with camera cuts, angles. Mm -hmm. There's a story behind it. And God bless the teachers of America for trying to make it happen. It's it's incredibly difficult. And mm -hmm. that's kind of where the next level of, of this, hey, we made it happen, but here's how we here's how we drive the point home and engage. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think um, you know we're positioned to to be a part of that next kind of wave of thinking. Awesome. Final question for you, Ben. Uh, bedside Bookstand, what are you reading for fun, if anything, these days? Um, okay, so <laughs> um, I just finished reading The Alchemist again. I haven't ah. read it since high school. Yeah, I know. It's, it's an old throwback. I, I was a good friend of mine, um, you know, kind of made a reference to something um, in it. And so I, I picked it back up again. It's always good to kind of you know, rehash the glory days of, of high school when you thought you could take on the world and this book is going to open your mind and, you know, all of that good jazz. I read that. Uh, I, I just got it recently. I'm actually trying to, I'm picking up and uh, up and down um, uh, uh, the very, uh, the Unstable Genius book um, that came out a while ago. It was kind of, you know, the first look into uh, the presidency, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. I just, in terms of kind of the dynamics there, um, it's it's unique to me. And I, again, I don't want to get political, but it's like you, you see this this event coming, and you just want I just want to stand by and watch it, right? Mm -hmm. I just want to see how it plays out because it's it's monumental, it's 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 crazy. Um, you know, those are the two the two books that I'm actually in the in the process of. I just I'm just finished Alchemist, and I'm really I'm reading a very unstable genius right now. So awesome. Well, Ben Grafjit, Vice President of Business Development for Bitfire Networks. Thank you so much for coming on, enlightening us with where things are going from remote production, virtual production. A uh, lot to chew on there, and, and some good sparks of some some ideas. We really appreciate your time. Absolutely, Jay. It's an absolute pleasure, and. Uh, you know, if you need me back, if you need me to, you know, a pinch hitter to come in and fill some time, I'm happy to do so. <laughs> Always honored to be involved. Thanks, bud. Thanks for listening to Brand Story Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.